Hello and welcome to the Loose Forward Podcast. I'm Andy. I'm Callum. And I'm Bobby. And we're all about Rugby League. The M62 and beyond. Good evening. I'm back. Yay. I'm quite excited to be back, actually. I'm quite giddy. Two weeks off. I know. And one for no good reason. That, that's COVID for you. Yeah, I'll talk about the other one. I had no voice. Yeah. <sighs> you would say that, though. I did. Well, uh, any bits of news this week? Anything? Anyway, we've gone, you... I'm just glad we've come through opera, save Operation Big Dog, and I'm back. <laughs> well, I think there's only one introduction, really, and that's that we're now sat here with a four-time Welsh Open champion. Well, thank you. Oh yes, congratulations. Tell Thank the you. people of your Tell achievement. Uh, tennis, yeah. Yeah. Despite despite Bri from six again and his and his gifts and his merry and his merry way and his no, it was, it was a champ it was a championship performance. Quite pleased, yeah. Over the weekend. Yes, it was, yeah. So um Well don't yeah. be shy, go on, tell us. Well, that was it. It's the, the the North Wales Open tennis and it's the fourth time in a row that I've won it. Very good. Thank you. What was the score? In the final, yeah, uh, six two six love actually, yeah, very good. So that was, uh, uh, it was good. Yeah, it was in all right. the over sixties. Wasn't the over sixties? Hear me. Oh, have you got any bits of news? Uh, not really. I, I have, but I want to sort of bring it in later. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Uh, just, just, just it, it, it ties in with one of the games over the weekend. All right. Fair um, and it just sort of explains how I felt about that game, to be honest. All right, fair enough. Have uh, anything is up to anything this weekend? You've had to work more because I've been off, haven't you? I have, but I get my days back this week, so oh, that's yeah. all right. Yeah. Slide an extra day off as well. Again? I'll tell you later. All right, yeah. again. He's yeah. good at that. Yeah, and then I told him about it. I went, you slide an extra day off. Do you know what he did? Go on. He went, oh, yeah. Oh, well. Like he did last time. Yeah. Amazing. Ridiculous. I've got two bits of news. Okay, go on. Uh, one, I've, uh, well, as a result of tennis and work and things like that, I've had to have a... Well, tennis. I've had to have a cortisone injection in my elbow. Right. Um, so now I'm like madder than James Bentley. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I was wondering as well, I was because th- I was thinking about, I, I, had a, I had a good weekend, good Sunday. Um, did you watch any of Glastonbury? No. Did you not? I, I saw one. I, I haven't heard of it. Half of them now. Me, I don't know who half of them are. Well, I watched the Pet Shop Boys and they rocked it. Oh, I've heard of them. They were brilliant. Right. But, so I decided to I decided to recreate my own Glastonbury. Okay. In in the street. Right. So, well, first of all, I pitched my tent five miles up the road and then just walked back, knowing that I'd never find it again. Fair enough. Um, and then I decided to watch the Pet Shop Boys from a garden three doors down. Okay. Rolled about in his garden for a bit, got a bit muddy, and then I got the guy to come out and wave a massive flag in front of my face so I couldn't see anything. <laughs> so, and then just to compound, just to, uh, just to the full experience, I whipped in his house and just weed up the side of his settee. Fair enough. So that yeah. was it. And it was like, that's like, that's how you DIY Glastonbury. Well done. And did you enjoy it? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite to go home. <laughs> Uh, so, you missed me then. Oh, uh, you thought I was going to say on to rugby league then, didn't you? Yeah, now you've made it awkward. Yeah, so just on to rugby league. Yeah, yeah, okay. There's so much to love about rugby league in this part of the world, and 
more than just the pork rolls at Warrington and the pies at Wigan. There's tradition and history and great grounds and great fans. And then there's the weather. And if you don't like it, well, you just have to put up with it. Tough titties. Indeed. Um, before we do the review, uh, we should probably say what we've got on tonight. Oh, yeah. We didn't, we didn't say, did we? No. Well, we've got the review. Yeah. We've got the review. But it's uh, an exciting one tonight. I'm looking forward to tonight. Yeah, there's some good games. Um, Bobby's got his stats. Quick run through. Uh, well, it's not the NRL, is it? It's the uh, international and origin. rep round, I think they call it. Yeah. Um, and then we will be joined by St. Helens fan, Steve Orford. Yeah, who's uh, well-known in rugby league circles uh, uh, with blogs and yes. podcasts and everything else. And uh, uh, that that should be a really, really interesting Yes, chat. he's on the 13 Pro-Am podcast. He does the, yeah, that the, Saints, the Saints blog. blog. Yeah, yeah uh, so... Uh, he's done all sorts of stuff in the past. So uh, that'll be really interesting, I think. Yeah. Good one for Saints fans tonight. Yes, absolutely. And then obviously we'll we'll finish off with the Prediction League. And Bry from six again. Yeah. Yeah, he's just that him. Yeah. Him. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right. Where do you want to start? Uh, well, I'm going to let you lead this because you because of what you said at the beginning. So off you go. Should we just get it out of the way? Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, went down to London on Friday night. Um, At London? Yeah. Um, just to stay the night to, to see girlfriend's sister, and they had a concert. They went and watched... Buckingham Palace and everything. You went, didn't he? No. Definitely. Saw went, some Broadway musical. He did, didn't he? Yeah. No, it Jealous. was it was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. It smelled funny. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> smelled funny. <laughs> smelled funny. <laughs> It did. <laughs> anyway. London smells funny. Yeah. So, on the way down, it was just a disaster. It was pretty much bumper to bumper all the way down. It took me eight hours to get there. Okay. Eight and a half hours, something like that. It was horrendous. It was running late. They were going watching this concert that they were running late for. Who were they watching? Uh, Green Day with okay. the main one. All right, carry on then. Some Mosher band. Yeah, carry on um, then, yeah. <laughs> And it was just horrendous, like, back with Aiki and everything. I had to carry loads of boxes up once I got there on my own because I had to bugger off to this yeah. concert. Because there's rail strikes as well, aren't yeah, there? Yeah, which is why I think it was worse. It was just the worst trip I've ever taken in my life. And then I got there. I got settled down just in time for kickoff on Friday night to watch Warrington and Hull. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, I would rather do rather have done that journey again than watch that. <laughs> like, it was more painful than the journey. It was the worst game of rugby league I have ever seen. I, it was that bad. I've got no notes about it. I haven't. I just wrote no tries. Worst game ever. It was shocking. London. It was... <laughs> that was all apart. So you get all the way down to London, you think. Oh, I'll just relax now. I'll have a drink, plop in front of the telly, watch Warrington and Hull, watch some rugby league. Yeah. And, that, and it was that. And that came on. Yeah. <laughs> what a day. Was it one of them days, you know, where you think, it, oh, I'm, I'm glad today's finished. You know, yeah. was it one of them? Yeah. Like that. And that was... But how bad was it, though? It was terrible. I mean, 
it takes it takes a special game of rugby league to make me fall fall asleep twice. I fell asleep during the game and watching the highlights. It was that boring. You watched the highlights. I had to just make sure I didn't miss anything in case I fell asleep. Right. But was there any? Well, I saw something. I can't remember who, who said it on Twitter. Right. Yeah. But Wake uh, Salford and, and Wakefield, which obviously we'll get onto later, but seventy four ten won it. Yeah. And the highlights video on YouTube was about four and a half minutes. Four minutes. Let's just call it four minutes thirty, mm-hmm. right? And the highlight video for Warrington and Hull was apparently four minutes twenty or something. How <laughs> they squoze four minutes out of that? Twenty six knock ons. Unbelievable. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about this game. It just looked like two teams that were desperate not to lose rather than. They're trying to win it. Mm. Yeah. That's all I can say. I, I think that's all you can say. It was just... Well, I, I saw something over Twitter about this game, and I want to see what your opinions are. And someone asked the question that, does this game prove how broken that the Man of Steel point system is? Because if you look at some of these results over the weekend, Salford, Wigan... Saints, how can you award a player in those games three mm. points who have done absolutely, worked the socks off and done absolutely everything they can? Can you honestly tell me that any one of those Warrington or Hull players deserve three Man of Steel points? Mm. It's a good point. It's a good point. I'd rather them do it like they used to do with the uh, the, the journalists voting on it and things. Mm-hmm. Or, or the players. The players one is the best one, yeah, but, but some of the, the players the... took the mickey out of it. Yeah, Particularly the French ones. Yeah. But yeah, I know he's yeah. But I, I, you know, if they could do it properly, mm. then yeah, I yeah, I agree. Just one question on it before we move on swiftly. Um, poor attack or good defence? Poor attack. Mm. I don't think there was anything to defend really. No, no, I didn't see the stats at the end in, in the, the completed sets and things like that, but. Uh, it was it was dreadful. Should we move on from it? Because yeah. otherwise, Bobby will be going to sleep again. <laughs> <laughs> What's next? Well, we mentioned Salford and Wakefield, so we might as well go to that, eh? Yeah. So Salford seventy four, Wakefield ten. Uh, again, just <clears throat> I say it every week, and it nothing seems to improve. Wakefield's defense is abysmal. Mm. Every week, this it doesn't look like it's improving. They get torn through like wet tissue paper. Wet paper towel. It's got to be on it, surely. Well, wet paper towel. Yeah, that's the wet paper towel they defence. Well, they've now conceded 440 points, which is the second worst. Behind Toulouse. Yeah, who have conceded 449. Wow. The, I noticed in this game, Sol, a lot of Salford tries come from wide both times where they were bursting through mm. um, between second row and centre or between centre and winger. Yeah, the ed- edge defence yeah. with Wakefield. On, was... on, and on both sides as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, And also, uh, they seemed to score a few tries at the beginning. I counted at least four of the first five, I think, that were um, from little grubbers. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. they scored a few off kick. I thought Brodie Croft and uh, Ryan Briley were... Excellent, in he's particular. T- do you know, he's mm. turned out to be a really good signing, hasn't he? 
Brody Croft. Yeah, yeah, I, did, I, I thought he would be. He, he, he uh, I think but, he was quite excited when he played in the NRL. I think I, it was a surprise that he'd come over. To be honest, but I also think because he'd perhaps because he'd gone to Salford, I'm not sure, but he he didn't come with a lot of fanfare. Mm. Like Mitchell Pierce, for example, mm. he didn't come with a lot of fanfare, but but a real pedigree mm. in in what he'd done in the NRL. Yeah, did he and, start off at the Storm and then moved to the Broncos? Yeah, and and, and he's carried to me, he's carried on that form for for Salford. I thought he looked excellent. Them two in particular, I thought looked really good. Um, and and Joe Burgess was on the end of a a lot of good stuff. And did uh, you see the um, the last try though when when Burgess was in touch? Yeah, I know it didn't make a difference, but come on. Could have done. Could have done. Come on. <laughs> How can you miss that? It's, what's it's the, so blatant. What's the touch just, and the in goal doing? I can understand if the referee hasn't seen it from a certain angle. If he's coming in from the side, that from diagonal, inside yeah. to pitch, say, yeah. yeah. But you've got, a touch, you've got an in goal there mm. and a touch judge both looking mm. at the ground in, in that corner. Yes. What are they doing? I don't know. Uh, it's just there. Uh, quote of the week, I think, from Willie Poaching after the game, who said, well, to be honest with you, I thought we were poor. <laughs> Not my words. Words of Willie Poaching. <laughs> wow. I thought we were poor. Yeah. Is that it? I mean, you can't, I don't know, what else do you say, really? I don't know. You mean, you start coming out and giving it big guns and... Players are even more deflated, and it just doesn't. It just doesn't poor, sound. Poor good, doesn't does seem it? to do justice to the performance, though, does it? No. But I mean, it's important for them this week. I mean, they've got they've got Wigan this week. Wakefield, Wakefield. Mm. Now, they, now, now, the last couple of years they've done well at home against Wigan. Yeah. Um, whether they will this time or not, I think remains to be seen. But it's it's important for them that they they dust themselves and. Um, they they dust themselves off and and they they bounce back as quickly as they can. Yeah, definitely. Um, and they dust themselves down and go again. Yeah, it can't get much worse for them, really, can it? Or could it? <laughs> we might find out this weekend. Yeah. It. Uh... Uh, well, talking to Wigan, um, there's their uh, victory over Toulouse, forty points to six. Uh, quite routine. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't again. I didn't really write anything down for this. I couldn't really think of any. There wasn't really many talking points as such because, like you say, it was just so routine from them. I mean, it was it was twenty eight nil at half time, and the other. I just thought that the tries that they scored were really simple. Yeah, and that's not a. a I'm not bagging on on Wigan for that, I just mean from a Toulouse point of view, the, the tries that they conceded were really, really simple. I think the, I think it was Abbas Miski's third try. All they did was go hands. I don't even think there was any lead runners or anything. There was nothing out the back. It was just, it was literally just hands and they got in in the corner and it was just... And they play quite a structured game, mm. I think, at times, Wigan, and that's all they had to do in this. It was like a, it was like a training exercise. It was it? very much like a training exercise from yeah. I read afterwards. I don't know how true it is, but there was there was dressing room unrest in the, uh, Toulouse. I haven't seen anything. No, it was just a, a rumor that I'd, that I'd heard, and you think, well, actually, you, they could do without that at this at this stage in the season because they looked like they'd improved up to the last couple of weeks. Mm. Well, I've said quite a few times this season they look dif- a lot different away from home than they do in France and. 
uh, while you were away, Andy, we uh, we we said that the fixtures they've got coming up in July, they've got those three back-to-back home games and about four overall in July. Yeah, those are the games they need to look at to win. If, they, if they've That's got right. any chance of staying in this league, it's that July. July is now massive. Yeah, for them. we were talking about that the other day, weren't yeah. we? How big July was because yeah. August looks tough, pretty much. Yeah. A write-off for them. So July, they've got to get the points. Yeah, they've. Got Am I right to. in thinking that they, they play wake? They play wakey at Magic Weekend. Uh, yes, I think they do. Right. Is it fair to say if Wakey win that one? Yeah, they do. It's all over. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that yeah. would put it to most eight. likely at eight, eight points. Mo- most likely eight points. Yeah. Most likely. Unless they can get a win over Hull KR this week. Mm. Which, again, doesn't seem all that likely. No. Um, so that could be an absolutely... That could be a cup final at um, Magic Weekend, in effect. That's a real four-pointer or whatever, if you like, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, uh, what have we got left? Well, all KR um, hosted Huddersfield and went down 38 points to 10. Oh, I tell you what, the locals weren't happy in this. Were they not? No, no. I mean, there was a there was a couple of instances at the, at the beginning where, well, Ulkar went in front, and then I think it was was it Frankie Holton, I think that went over, but then really uh, eagle eyed. I think it was Liam Moore that was on the the video ref, or was it? He was, on, not, he was at one of them. I think it was Tom. Grant. Oh, it was Tom Grant. Wasn't Tom Grant the referee at Saints? And yeah, Leeds? and I think yeah. Liam Moore was on the. Video ref for that game, right? So, um, anyway, whoever it was on the video ref uh, noticed separation, and it was really slight, but probably right. And then the similar thing happened a try after with Huddersfield. I think it was with Kudjo, mm. uh, and that got given. Mm. And there were there were, two, there were a couple. There, the decisions were probably right, but when you see them in live in the ground, it never looks. The same, does it? I think the problem with things like that, or or the problem, why fans get so angry about that, is that if you look at some of the tries that have been given based on what the referee has given on field, and you think, how can you give that when that's clearly that? I mean, there was one in the St. Helens game, I Mm. thought. And then the... They do decisions like that, even oh, even though they're probably right. The frustration comes from, well, is that clear? Is the clear evidence there? And I don't really like the try no try thing, but I think that's where it all stems from, really, because it seems to be really inconsistent. And I think it depends on who the video referee is as well. Well, I was just about to ask you that. Do you think it's time? To stop the on-field decision, do you think that sways mm. the video ref too much? Yeah. Should it just be I'm unsure? Can you? We, we've can mentioned you check it. it. Mm. We've mentioned it numerous times, and that's where rugby union have it right, and we don't. Where the referee just says to the what do they call it? The TMO, they call yeah. it, don't they? And they just say, "Is there any reason why I can't award this try?" Mm. And that's all it needs. Mm. Now, and that, and then because if you're sending it up, you're not sure. Yeah, you don't know if it's a try. Otherwise, you just give the try. If you send it up, there's doubt, isn't there? Of course, there is. So, so that's all you have to say. Is there any reason I can't award this try? Yeah, and then have a look at it. And the other thing I think as well, while while I'm on my high horse about it, is if you can't decide in thirty seconds, as the system we've got at the minute, then they go with the on-field decision as it is at the minute. Or they used to have referees call. Mm. Yeah, the only the only. 
you can't sick of me watching watching videos from every conceivable angle that don't show anything different for about three minutes. Mm. The only time that the try no try is good is when there's a grounding and you can't see the ball, but the referee might have had a slight view and he thinks, well, I'm here on the spot. Like, I think that's a try. But when it comes to camera angles, you can't really see the ball. But that all, all that is is benefit of the doubt then. Well, in one of the games that will we'll come to, to me, in a, in a minute, to me, the referee, like you just said, on the spot, mm. he's a yard away or two yards away. Mm. He's got a better view than, than the television. Mm. What would be amazing if every game was on telly and then they could just give a try and let the the video ref check it. Like yeah. the NRL do. Yeah. 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 It's a warp system we have at the moment because only half the games are on television. It leads to so many inconsistencies. Yeah. As well. It's, it's for a, for a professional sport, mm. a top level sport, it, it, it's wrong. It's absolutely ridiculous. Mm. But going back to the game, Uddersfield just carrying on and looking really good, doing it. Yeah, sorry, I forgot we were talking about the game. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, Leroy Kudjo hadn't scored a try all season. Yeah, and like buses, they all come at once, and he three, he got three. He did. He did. Um, looked like he had a really good game. Um, I mean, it was only 10-4 at half-time, wasn't it? But then they have the worst possible start with that terrible kick-off. Yeah. And Luke Yates ends up with it and, and runs 40, 50 metres. And, la- and Lachlan Coote got nowhere near him. Well, I laughed my head off at that because Yates seemed to run into him, mm. like run towards him and then thought... Oh no, no! I'm running towards. I better run the other way, and then Coot seemed to like turn like milk or something, and yeah, and didn't get anywhere near, did he? What I did mean, he's never had bags of pace, has he? But he, he's just nowhere near him. No. Did you see the? Did you see the post online uh, them, that a Hull FC fan put up on eBay? He put no. a, he, he listed a pair of like you know like deep sea diving boots <laughs> and he put them on eBay and he described them as Lachlan Coote's match worn boots for his field. <laughs> oh no! I mean no. I mean to be fair to Coote, he hasn't got a lot of pace and he's probably not there for that. He's a different type of fullback than than someone like uh, uh, Field or, or Wellsby, or isn't he? He's, he's a yeah, you know, but that was. Not good. No, it wasn't good. It no. didn't look good. It didn't look good at all. No, um, it, it it wasn't. Um, and yet, uh, then, congratulations, Jermaine McGilvery. He got his two hundredth try. Yes, for Huddersfield. Right. But then I looked at that try and thought, you know, when you see these, you know, when you see films of like sport, mm. and then you look at these close up, and they're absolutely nothing like. Nothing like real life action. Yeah, it was like that. It's like a football film where you see him dribbling, and then somebody will dive in, like mm. they'll miss, and then they'll just keep dribbling and keep dribbling, and then then the goalie will dive the wrong way before he's even shot, won't they? And then they'll bang it in the empty net. It was like that. It was like some sort of Hollywood try. I feel like you're just describing Escape to Victory, but not saying Escape to Victory because we've been shouting at you for going on about Escape to Victory. Yeah, or Jimmy Grimble. <laughs> Give it to bloody Jerry, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Huddersfield just keep keep ticking over, don't they? And, and looking really good doing it. Okay, a bit bit hit and miss at the minute, but 
Um, you would think that he would bounce back quite quickly uh, this week. Yeah. Um, with him with them playing um, to lose. Yeah. Um, Castleford, 17. Catalan's Dragons, 16. Yeah, probably. An escape to victory. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it out. Are you waiting for that one? <laughs> well, that's why I picked it next. <laughs> probably the game of the round, really, for uh, excitement. Um, shame it wasn't on telly. But uh, Cass are a strange team, aren't they? Yeah, I, I mean, I was pleased, to be honest with you, I was pleased for Danny Richardson because he's taken loads of stick over the last couple of seasons. Yeah, I mean, he got the, the kick from the touchline to level it, which was excellent, and then obviously and then comes up with the, the drop goal. Cool as a cucumber. Well, I was going to mm. say, there's not cucumbers. Cool, because people always say that, don't they? We keep them in the fridge. Right. You keep a lot of things in the fridge, but you never say, like, as cool as a piece of chicken or something, do you? Cool as a cucumber. Cauliflower. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Stop getting sidetracked. Sorry. There's not many, um, going back to it, there's not many people that you would want in your team taking a conversion from the sideline over Danny Richardson, though, is there? I mean, no. he's, he's, done it, he's done it time and time again. Even when he what? was at St. Helens, he, he used to kick them for fun and... You always had that watching and you always thought, this is going over, yeah, this what, is going over. What I was impressed with in, in the, the drop goal was the length of pass left to right from McShane. Mm. Um, give him more room. Because mm. usually you get a drop goal and it goes behind you and then they've charged it out sometimes. But the way that he passed the ball and the distance he passed the ball didn't give them chance to get out. Well, I, was just, I don't know if it was me or the, the camera angle or... I don't know, but I just, I didn't think he was stood that deep, and I didn't think there was a lot of pressure on him. So you, thought, mm. you just thought they were, you the other way and thought they were a bit slow. Yeah, mm. I don't know. I don't know whether it was me because it sort of zoomed out. Didn't I'd have, it? To, I'd have to look. I'd really, have to look at it again. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh there, but I mean they had played what ninety ninety minutes or something, mm. but I didn't think there was a great deal of pressure on him. No. Cartlands have looked excellent lately, but now and again they, they they throw in a silly result really, don't they? For for a team that's the that's the uh, current league leaders, shield holders. Mm. Yeah, it, Yeah, it's it, I don't it's just a bit inconsistent, isn't it? And I know they've got a couple of injuries, but you would have thought going into this game he would still have enough to come away with the two points. Definitely. I actually thought in that game, going going back to the tries, I actually thought it was very soft defence from both teams. There wasn't a lot. Of, there wasn't a try in that game that wowed me. I thought, oh, brilliant! No. You know, it was a lot of you know, Castlefords were like we said all season, a lot of crash balls, a lot of over the top yeah, stuff, right. which is you know, like we've said, maybe it's a, a Lee Radford tactic. But the Carl Lands ones, some of them were just really just. Soft. No, you're right. Every, every try was was from within yeah. the, the ten the yeah. uh, the ten meter line, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, I thought the Tompkins one in particular was really soft from a Castleford point of view. Nice dummy though. Yeah, it was. Just that was a bit soft. But yeah, but yeah, everything was a crack. It wasn't very free uh, free flowing from the bits that I saw. No, not me. So. And that should leave us one more game, Callum. I think. Yes, uh, the Thursday night game, which kicked off the round. St Helens forty two leads twelve. And uh, a lot of 
lot of frustration and a few a few fireworks, I think, in this game. Especially from a Leeds point of view. <clears throat> hmm. So let me ask you this. So Leeds fans absolutely up in arms about the referee. Mm. Uh, saying that he, he gave Saints tries that weren't, the Simbinnings were not right, Saints should have had their own Simbins things. How much of that result, 42-12, Bobby, how much do you put that down to the referee? Not an awful lot. I, I can see the points Leeds fans are making in the sense that there was some obvious or glaring issues, shall we say. You know, the 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 Parsi try, there was a pretty clear strip from Wellsby down the left-hand side to get them the ball back. Maybe you could, you know, you can argue that. But to be honest with you, the, 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 the ones that I've seen Leeds fans complain about, there was, I think there was three in total. Even if you took those those three off St. Helens, they didn't look like even putting up a fight. You say that, but with 25 minutes to go, it was 20 points to 12, and they're in the game, aren't they? But that's yeah, what I'm saying. The, 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 only, the only one that I thought was really, really obvious was the try that was awarded to Grace. I just thought he dropped it. Mm. I just thought that was clear as day. Mm. Tell the way the ball falls. Yeah, I don't see how they can give that. Again, uh, he sent it as a try. Yeah, I don't see how they... If he, if he doesn't... Send that up as anything, that's given as a knock on. Yeah, I'm convinced by that. Um, there's yeah. poss- possibly a case for ten minutes for Alex Warmsley with a shoulder charge. Um, Is that when he bundled um, Tetevano off? No, this was just a separate thing. I think it was oh, early in with the him s- and Lee's. Yeah, with, when it was him and Lee's. I think it was late in the yeah. first half. I think it was. Um, maybe may a shout for that. Well, there's been a, quite a few comments about um, uh, when Tetevano got his red, mm. that, that that Wormsley ran in and bundled him off. Yeah. That he should have been up before the disciplinary for that. I don't see how. Mainly from Wigan fans, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, it with, was serious. With Magic Weekend, with magic weekend coming yeah. up, yeah. Let me guess, they wanted a two-match They did, fight. actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Yeah, I bet. Um, um, let's let's just let's go to discipline, mm. right? Because I don't Tetivano and Bentley. I mean, first of all, I thought. Um, uh, sorry, I forgot who the first Simbinim was. Bodine Thompson. Bodine Thompson. I thought he was quite unlucky. Yeah. Um, because we comment, we were watching the game, weren't we? And we commented on it, didn't we? To say, actually, if someone steps back inside. Mm. Your natural body movement is to throw your arm and then thus your leg out. Yeah, if you get caught and shuffling across and he comes back in, it's not like he's just stuck his leg out. He's gone with his arms as well. Yeah. I understand why. It, it's a penalty. Yes, it's a penalty. Is it a Simbinin? Not so sure. Is, is it a ban? It, well, I think he's got two games. So is it a ban? No, definitely no. not. It's not like he's just tripped him. He's gone to try and get him with his arms as well. He's just trying to throw everything he can. He's trying to change his body weight yeah, back, back the yeah. other way. Everything he can to try and stop him scoring. I think, that's, I think a ban for that is ridiculous. I do, honest. but at the end of the day, you know, Leeds, Leeds have, have finished this game uh, with two yellow cards and a red. 
and I think they were very unlucky. Uh, sorry, very very lucky to not have a third yellow with with Harry Newman. You see him and his little meltdown, his fit. Yeah, with the referee. You can't do that. And, and the, the, this, mind, this can't it, be creeping into rugby league. And the referee was right anyway. It was a try anyway. Yeah, it was a try. It was a try, but we can't allow that to happen again. No. We just can't. I think no. he I think he's got a two game ban as well. Well which I, is good. Which is good. They are challenging it, I believe, though. Well they, well, they shouldn't. If they shall if they challenge stuff like that and it gets reduced, it sets a, a, a ridiculously dangerous precedent. Yeah, I've, absolutely. I've read that they're challenging it because uh, Newman said that was just a passionate player yeah. and sometimes it boils over. He understands the ref has a tough job, yeah. but his his passion got the best of him, but it's not his character. And based on his character in the past, that's why they're challenging it to try and basically say it's okay. not him, he's just no boiled over happen. at one point. That can't happen. Well it well he he scored a great try and then celebrated quite passionately in front of the Saints fans. Yeah. As well. So you can't have it all ways. I mean it's not just things you say to the referee, but his body language is the, what people in the crowd would pick up. Yeah. Doesn't matter what he's, he could be saying nothing, but if you're remonstrating and jumping up and down in front of the referee, that's a bad look mm. for you as a player and for your team and for the game. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and just, just before we finish on that, if you'd have said, right, well, there's going to be two yellows and a red, um, Picking your two players out from your three who were going. Well, I definitely got two of them right. What was that? What was the odds that you told me about before on on the old uh, James Betsy? Bentley to be yellow or red carded? And what and price was, was it? Evens. Even money. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, bad challenge, Tetevano. I I just don't I, I just don't see what they're bringing to to Leeds Rhinos. They're not not bringing anything. Leeds, from what I've seen, Leeds fans have just completely had enough of Tetevano. So they should do. And they just uh, a lot of them have been calling for uh, the disciplinary to give him a two-year ban. <laughs> <laughs> but they'd be better off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they would. Because he's an absolute liability. Yeah, and Bentley's becoming the same way. Yeah, yeah. I think they've still got. a a little bit of patience with him, but um... he's probably got a bit of patience with him because actually, when he when he plays, he's not a bad player. Play as well. I've not seen Tetevano Tetev- do anything. Well, that, that's that's the point I'm making. I've never seen it. No. So. Uh, anyway, that wraps up the round. I think it was quite a good round overall. There was some really good games. I thought, except for the uh... apart from one, yeah, so... except for the London one. Yeah, <laughs> London game. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll move swiftly on. It's Bobby's stats of the week. That's right, it's stats of the week time, and here he is. Hello. How <laughs> many stats? <laughs> How many have we got this week? Uh, we're down to six now. I did have seven, but we already covered one, so I'll cross that one off. What was that one? It was the Jermaine McGilvey one. It was just in case it didn't get brought up. I, th- I thought it might do, but... Fair what we should do is try, one week is try and take a sneak look at his stats <laughs> and bring everything up <laughs> before he gets to his stats. I think you're right. <laughs> That'd be funny, wouldn't it? Yeah. Okay. 
cruel, I think. <laughs> Go on then. Okay, uh, stat number one. New South Wales have become the first team in origin to win all four games of the same weekend. The New South Wales recorded victories in the women's game, the women's under-19s, the men's under-19s, and the men's game as well. You see the um, interview with the women's player at the, the half-time as they come off? No. New South Wales women's, I think they're one, the one of the captain in New South Wales. No, and, and you know, they, you know, they grab them up the field. Yeah, yeah, they're walking off, yeah. And she was like, and she went, she went, uh, they went, what? yeah, yeah, well, you know, yeah. But it's, uh, all right. It's effing tough out there. Shit. Um, oh, right. I'm still in game mode. Sorry. Like. <laughs> uh, brilliant. It was a nice try in that game as well. Nice yeah. full length. Yes, there was. The slowest full length I've ever seen. <laughs> Great footwork getting out the English. Oh, yeah, she did really well. But when she hit 35 yards yeah. left, I was like, <laughs> I didn't think anyone. I thought she'd have just stopped and played like the ball. <laughs> Even Lachlan Coop might have caught yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Uh, number two, uh, David Nofaluma has become the first Samoan player to score four tries in a single game. Well done, Dave. Dave. It's, it's, not, it's not right, that is. He can't have a surname like Nofaluma and <laughs> Dave. You're the greatest, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Oh dear. Oh, number three. Salford have recorded their biggest win in Super League, winning 74 10 at Wakefield this weekend. It's the most points they have scored in the league, and it's their biggest margin of victory. Very good. Number, number four. Is that right? Yeah, number four. Uh, Cornwall have recorded their first win of the league. They beat West Wales Raiders 24-4 and it's the first win in the club's history and it's taken them 11 games. And we still haven't fixed up uh, getting one of their players on, have we? Which we've been uh, which we've been meaning to do for the last few weeks, haven't we? Yes, well, we've got um, a couple of weeks now with a, a couple of things lined up, I think, yeah. haven't we? So we'll try and sort that so out. We're trying to get Paul Bolger on, aren't we, from uh, from Cornwall? Yeah, which would be a great time to do it now after having that first win. Yes. So uh, if you're listening, Paul, get ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, try and win again though before we get you on. You know. <laughs> so well done to Cornwall. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Paul. Woo. <laughs> Go, Paul. Uh, number five. Uh, player we've already slightly covered in James Bentley has only played in four games this season where it hasn't resulted in him being banned or yellow or red carded. Round <laughs> <laughs> 16? Yeah. This is like the James Bentley stat show, isn't it? <laughs> it makes for good entertainment. It gives Bobby something to do. It does. Exactly. So, so in in all the game, he's either been yellow or redded, or he's ended up being cited and then being banned. and then being banned as yeah. a result. Yeah, <laughs> I think if I remember, if I remember, twenty five percent of games. Wow! If I remember it rightly, I think he was sent off in the first game, and then he missed games two to five. He played in games six to eight, banned in round nine. <clears throat> I can't remember the rest, but yeah, that's uh, that was the first nine games anyway. There you go, brilliant. Uh, and my last stat of the week yeah. is that before Friday, 
the last five games between St. Helens and Leeds, the total score was 190 to 22 in favour of St. Helens, meaning after Friday's game, it's now 232 to 34, and Saints have 10 wins in a row over Leeds. Only 11, I read. Anyway, uh, but congratulations to Leeds there on scoring more than 50% of the points they've done in the last five games, whatever. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> oh, well done. Brilliant. Yeah. So, And that's it. That's my stats of the week. Excellent. Well done, Bobby. Um, right. Well, let's move swiftly into this then. You call that a knife? This is a knife. That's not a knife. That's a spoon. Yeah, a little bit different this week. It was just there's, uh, there was three internationals mm. um, and the state of origin. So if I go through the results first, uh, New Zealand twenty six, Tonga six. Um, bit of a surprise in one way, but I don't think these these have a lot of bearing on the World Cup, do they? Oh, uh, I mean. <laughs> not got full squads out. No, like I mean, that, Tonga I didn't even have the coach and then no. they've got players over here that'll be playing. That's so. right. I, I tell uh, you what, though, the Tongan fans absolutely love it, oh, don't the, they? Uh, the, the, the sea of red. And that's, yeah. Amazing. They've, they've lost They've lost by 20 points and they're still all waving the flags and going mental at the end of the game. It's yeah, brilliant to see. You'd love to be in that lot, wouldn't you? Brilliant. Wouldn't you just, yeah. yeah. Uh, Samoa 42, Cook Islands 12. Samoa looking pretty strong, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Papua New Guinea 24, Fiji 14. Uh, Kevin DeGarma on the score sheet for Fiji. Is he still captain? Uh, I would captain, assume so yeah. if, he, if, he, if he scored and he played, yeah. Mm. Um, and then Origin. Uh, New South Wales 44, Queensland 12. Yeah, the second half was an absolute pummeling, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, that from Nathan Cleary is one of the best individual performances that I've seen in not just in Origin but in 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 any game. Yeah, one of the best performances I've seen anybody put in. Twenty four points he got. Yeah, but just the way that he directed his kicking game, everything just everything bounced off him, and I, I just thought he was. Uh, I just thought he, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I think that. His performance, obviously, in playing better was was obviously massive difference to the first game, and I also thought Matt Burton made a huge played well, huge difference. Mm. Um, as far as Origin debut goes, that is way up there. Yeah, way up there. I mean, there's there's people who have had good debuts. Yeah, but that was spectacular. I thought. Yeah. Do you know? I read a I read something on Matt Burton this week. You know when he was at the Panthers? Mm. Apparently, you know, when he scored, as you saw for New South Wales, he likes to sort of boot the ball away. Yeah. And apparently the Panthers had to step in and ask him to stop celebrating like that because they were losing balls going out the stadium. <laughs> well, did you see the bomb that he put up during the game where he was about yeah. 20, 30 metres in, in his own half on the left-hand side and he yeah. put the bottom and he put it across field and I think it was to a Lange on the other side, on the... Mm. On Queensland's left, but, he yeah. dropped it over his left shoulder. Yeah, 
So he'd booted it that far. It had gone over the opposite winger's left shoulder. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, do you think Cleary makes Jerome Luai look better than he is? Yeah. Absolutely. Not saying he's not a good player. But, without but if you throw him into another team, I don't think he's half the player. Nine Panthers in that in the starting uh, teams there was. Yeah, most for New South Wales, I would yeah. imagine. But um, yeah, just the Panthers effect. Well, I've read a couple of things because I've I read a couple of things this week. One is that people are saying that the Panthers will win the World Cup. <laughs> right, right, probably would, but go on. <laughs> and then second, our old friend Gus Gould. Right. Gus Watch this week. Um, ask Gus. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't reply to our question. Right. Um, which uh, I think, and in fact, I think it might have been. It might have been Steve. I think that it might have been Steve Offord that, that pointed it out to us from a stat about the Roosters that you put in last week. Okay. Being not out of the top eight. Yeah. And he said, "Thought oh, that's nothing." Saints haven't been out of the top eight for 127 years. Right? <laughs> so we posted that to say what would what would Gus Gould say to that? But he didn't reply. I bet it. he didn't. No, he didn't reply. He didn't fancy answering that one. Uh, the ones he did answer were who's going to win the World Cup, and he answered Australia, and then Daylight second, and then he said who do you think they'll play in the final, and he went New Zealand and Daylight third. Come on, England. Come on. Yeah. We've got to win now, haven't we? Just... I tell you what, he doesn't half love himself, though. Gus Gould? Yeah. Doesn't half love himself. You, I mean, he's got the the hashtag, Ask Gus or whatever. Yeah. Right. But And I don't listen to this just on the basis that he's a bit of an arse and I don't like him. Right. But obviously, he's got his own podcast, um, Six Tackles with Gus. Yeah. Um, and... I only I only listened. They did, they were doing this thing in the run up to uh, first game state of origin. It was like origin stories of origin. Right. So they had different players on from like defining moments of different games and stuff. It was quite a good listen, mainly because he wasn't on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was his mate that um, that was doing it that he, that he does the thing with, but the names. I noticed it when I was obviously listening to that, the, the stories of origin, the names of the episodes of the podcast. I'll run you through. These are all really recent. Over they're the like last... ours. They're comical. No. All right. So, see if you can spot the theme here. Right, okay. So, uh, all really recent, all within the last, let's say, three months. Okay. Gus on the Seraldo meeting with the West Tigers. Gus and Rab's funniest commentary <laughs> moments. Gusty's origin selections. Gus dissects origin one. <laughs> Everyone at the Bulldogs has failed, which is, you know, sort of, because he's there, isn't he? Yeah. Um, they can't say he's failed. Yeah. Right. Gus on Flanagan. I'm the one that made that decision. Why Gus said no to playing 18 <laughs> holes with Tiger Woods? Why would you do that? Why, yeah, that's just... That's just Why would you say it? no to playing golf with Tiger? <laughs> Gus's tips and weird dreams. Gus reflects on the Panthers' 91 <laughs> parallels. <laughs> Gus breaks down Tiger's fiasco. Gus fumes at Verrill's van. van. Gus breaks down a motorway. <laughs> <laughs> Gus lifts lid on emotional robo-phone call. 
Can you spot the theme? Uh, yeah. The only one that's missing is Gus goes shopping. Yeah. <laughs> Gus gets his groceries, isn't it? Gus is late for podcasts. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that's ridiculous. So what, what we're basically saying is if Gus was an ice cream cone... He would definitely try to lick himself. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Ice cream Gus. Ice cream Gus. Well, there's his new name for life. Ice cream Gus. You love it. Uh, anyway, forty-four twelve. Anything to add? It sets up a nice third game. Yeah, which, which is always which is, a, which what, is always a bonus, isn't it? What me and Bobby were saying last week. I think the 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 series this year has probably deserved mm. a decider, and we were sort of. Really crying for one, weren't we? we yeah. Everyone yeah. loves an origin decider, so and it's at Suncorp as well, which will make things even more interesting. Definitely. I think, and I think so they need that. They Queensland. definitely need that. They need that at home, I think. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. they do. Yeah, excellent. I'm just a fan, Alan. That's all. Your biggest fan. That's right. We're now onto the uh, main uh, segment of the show, and as we said earlier, we are, are joined by. Uh, a presenter of 13 Pro-Am podcast and the author of uh, That Saint's blog. Um, and it's Steve Arford. Steve, how are you, mate? Good evening. You all right? Very well, thank you. Good. Um, Steve, thanks for joining us on the show. I know we're, uh, we're going to re- talk all things St. Helens for a little while now, aren't we? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah, it's... Um... Yeah, well, we've been meaning to get you on for a while, and then and then it come about because uh, um, I think I think we put something along the lines of did it, was it Catalans of the team to beat? Uh, <laughs> and, and they jumped to say oh. to defence, didn't it? Anyway, that, like it like a red rag to a ball. It was, and and it didn't age very well that that tweet or that that, that point of the pod either. <laughs> no, it's not gone. It's not gone. <laughs> like most of the things that I say, it's not aged well, has it? So well, you know, we, we've all lost at Castleford in our time. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, Steve. Listen, thank you for joining us. Um, because it's your first appearance, uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you just to introduce yourself. Because I mean, you. Right, okay. I mean, you do all sorts of things with rugby league and, and authoring and podding and all sorts of different things. So, um, tell us, tell us a little bit about you and your rugby league journey. Right, do you want, do you want to go way back in time to when I started getting into rugby league? Or yeah, you, you go on. To, yeah, let's go. Oh, let's go with it. Yeah, go on. Well, I've probably been watching for about, well, since the mid-80s, I would say. I suppose, like, a lot of people, uh, it was my dad that took me. Yeah. Uh, my dad wasn't a massive uh, rugby league fan because he wasn't from St. Helens. He was from uh, Prescott, which I don't know if, don't know if you know, is just, just nearby. Yeah. Um, so he took me uh, to my first game, which I think was Leeds in about 1984. Uh, there's a certain symmetry about that. I've been just played Leeds uh, last week, I suppose. Uh, and I won that game. Uh, I think Raggedy scored two tries, so he, he became my favourite player. Um, oh, at the time, yeah. straight away, yeah. And then also because back in the days before, you know, full-time professionalism and all these uh, great facilities the clubs have now for training and, and, and playing and all that sort of stuff, he used to train, uh, he used to jog down our street. <laughs> we used to see him. And, then, so he'd, and he'd say, all right, lads, all right, Roy. Yeah. <laughs> we had a bit of a rapport with Roy, so he became our, our early favourite. And then uh, at Nolsey Road, when I started to go back, uh, with my mates rather than with my dad, um a lot of I used to get I used to get him free because I'm, I'm a wheelchair user, right. uh, and they didn't bother to charge wheelchair users then because the facilities were so <laughs> dilapidated. <laughs> yeah. Even then, I think they just thought they couldn't justify it. But I personally, I'm so much uh, more uh, happier about being where we are now because I'd rather pay uh, now for a, for a fair price for a ticket and be guaranteed 
a ticket in those days. Uh, all my mates, they, they used to let one person in free with me, but then they'd all want to be fighting over who that person should be. So, and so on some days, there'd be like five people pushing me chair into the ground, trying to trying to get in with me. So it was it was chaos. And on, on, when it was a big crowd, like if Wigan came or um, you know Warrington or one of the one of the local rivals. Um, if you didn't get there early, you had no chance because it's not like now where you've got I've got a season ticket, so I'm guaranteed my seat. It was you know first come first served, and if you didn't get in early, they're all there, especially Wigan. I think I'm swore they used to stay like for the whole year and wait for the next game. You used to camp, you know, watch, you used to camp out overnight, camp out like the Wimbledon the queue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Manil. Yeah, you were like the um, so you were like the most popular kid on the street every Sunday afternoon, then weren't you? Oh, on a Sunday I was. Only on the home games though. You were the kid on the away games. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, things are, things are certainly better now. I'd say, even though it, it does uh, it does hit me in the pocket a bit more than it used to. Yeah, definitely. And then but, you've um, and then and then you you do all sorts now, don't you? You do blogging, you do podding. Uh, yes, well, I, uh, as mentioned, uh, that Saints blog uh, started about about three or four years ago. I used to write a lot of the content for Red V. Yes. Um, but we had a bit of slight disagreement right. at one point, so I, so I kind of withdrew my labour, as it were, uh, and started my blog. And it's gone, it's gone pretty well, you know. I just post it on, post it on social media, on Twitter and uh, and Facebook, and um, and through that, I got the uh, it got the podcast uh, because the presenter Steve Beach got in touch and asked me to uh, um, appear on it. It was a radio show at first. We did a radio show from. Uh, a studio in Newtonley Willows uh, called WA12 Radio. That's right, yeah. I remember, yeah. Yes, I, rem- I remember that starting, yeah. Yeah, it was about five years ago that I met Steve, and we did that for uh, we did that for about two years, um, but we sort of lost the venue, uh, some sort of dispute with the, the, the guy who managed it, I think it was. Uh, and then, anyway, COVID hit about a month later, uh, so we had to do it online, uh, you know, on Zoom. Yeah. Uh, and we haven't actually met up and done it live in the same room together since. Oh, right. We always do it all over on Zoom, yeah. over on Zoom now. Uh, these are the secrets of the uh, of the train, I suppose. I shouldn't yeah. be uh, shouldn't be letting slip. But but we haven't actually got an alternative venue, so we do it we do it live live on a Monday yeah. um, over the over Zoom. Yeah. So where, I really I mean, really enjoy doing it. So it's it's, uh, it's no great. brilliant. So where can people um, where can people find it on uh, on Twitter, for example? See where can they uh, where can they find both the, of your, your your bits of work? Well, the blog is, uh, as I say, called That Saints Blog, but it's, uh, the address is uh, stephenorfordonsaints.blogspot.com. Okay. And that's Stephen with a PH. Okay. Uh, and the uh, the best place, I think, to find the podcast would be uh, if you go to 13 Pro Am Twitter. If you just look up 13 Pro Am Twitter, I think just think it's at 13 Pro Am. Yeah. Um, and you find all the uh, all the shows um, will be on that uh, on, on the feed there on, on Twitter. Um, we do them live over Spreaker, and we have a little uh, what's called a chat box, That's right, uh, and yeah. one or two people do join in with us and interact with us live on a Monday night. Uh, so that's a bit of fun as well. Yeah. And then it goes out as a podcast l- later in the week for people to you know listen later. Yeah, smashing, <laughs> smashing. Right. We, we, well, we're going to talk Saints for a little bit if that's uh, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Right, Bobby, I like talking you, Saints. Yeah, you you've got a, you've got <laughs> first question for Steve, haven't you? I have. Steve, we've seen some fantastic St. Helens teams over the years, um, including one not too not too long ago. I've not um, from two thousand six when they won the treble. Mm. Where does this team, this team of of St. Helens, where they've won three in a row now, where does this rank for yourself as as a greatest team? 
Well, that was, I mean, that 2006 team you mentioned was an absolutely outstanding team. Um, I saw uh, the James Roby um, program on Sky the other night when he was interviewed with uh, John Wilkin. Well, was talking pro- about his career. It, it was a good program, his, that, wasn't it? I enjoyed it. It was very good, yeah. Yeah, yeah very insightful. And just talk about his career. Uh, and he talked about, uh, at that time, having what they called a superstar culture because mm-hmm. they had, uh, like, like Paul Sculthorpe, uh, Jamie Lyon, Sean Long, Kieran Cunningham. And they were megastars all the way through that team. Yeah. I don't think you really have that now. I mean, I, I'm at the risk of being labelled a bit of a naysayer, I think generally the standard is lower now than it was then yeah. uh, in Super League. So I don't know if you, I, I don't know if I would back this current team to beat that lot. I think they were a cut above in terms of the the, the quality they had uh, at that time. But you can, at the same time, you can't ignore three uh, grand final wins in a row. That's I mean that's if you get one more this year, then I don't think anybody else has done that. Leeds I think got three yeah. between two thousand seven and nine at our expense, yeah. unfortunately in every case. Um, but yeah, I think if we get four, that would be certainly an historic achievement. This is a, a a very very good Saints team, and but I think that 2006 one, which won the treble and had so many all time greats in it, uh, I think that would probably for me just about edge it. I think the only person that, in this team that will be considered an all time great when he's when he's finally in the boots up it is James Roby. Yeah. I think the rest of them are very very good players, uh, but not on the level of I think his skull thoughts and, and you Sean Longs and the, on those types of players. There's a few with a chance. I think Makinson's not far off. He's been excellent. Uh, throughout his career uh, and Lomax possibly and, and uh, big things expected of Lewis Dobb but obviously a long way to go in his career yeah no that's, that's a good point um, right now I I know over the last well over the, certainly over the first couple of years of his of his tenure uh, you were quite critical of Christian Wolf and the style of play weren't you uh, with the uh, with the Wolf ball Yes, to be honest, there was. Wolf ball is a term that me and I don't know if you know Norm the Plume on yes, Twitter. on Twitter, yeah. He, he was appeared on our show a few times now, Norm, uh, and he, he likes to use the term wolf ball as well. I don't think he's totally enamoured with no. the style. But I think, to be fair to Christian Wolf, it is, that, that is, I think, symptomatic of the way that the game has gone in the last sort of 10, 20 years, yeah. has become a bit more conservative. When I first started going, with, like going back to when I was going with my mates and my dad, Saints were, not only was it because it was my hometown, that's why I would support them, but also was attracted to the style of rugby they play because they, they were just reckless. They threw it around to yeah. complete abandon. And that you don't see that now, even even from the teams that we think of as being entertaining. Like we think, on our show, we talk about OKR yeah. very often being, being a very good side to watch and, and Salford as well, yeah. play some good stuff. But they're not, they still, all these teams are still quite structured by comparison to the teams of, of yesteryear, and I just think Saints are at times overly structured under Christian Wolf. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can't argue with the results. So, but to win back-to-back grand finals, and there's also throw a Challenge Cup in there, which meant a lot to us because we hadn't won a Challenge Cup for about I think it was 13 years yeah. um, that we hadn't won it for. So that, that meant quite a lot to us. So you can't argue with his record of success. And I think sometimes it's not; it's more the way he comes across in his, his post-game interviews or even his pre-game ones, where he he talks about things like you know. Um, going through the process, the coach speak that I don't really like, the modern coach speak, going through the processes and the arm wrestle and the energy battle and all this yeah. nonsense. I think it, I think it just dilutes um, the, the amount of skill and intelligence that is required to play the game yeah. as if it's just played by, you know, 34 robots running into each other until one falls over. Yeah. Uh, and that's not really how we play. We scored a try on Thursday night. Uh, Regan Grace scored a try. Uh, and it was like, I think it was 11, uh, 11 pairs of hands it went through. Yeah. It was scintillating stuff, but you never hear... Christian Wolf uh, referred to that. It's always he always focuses on the you know the the energy and and the uh, what's the, other, the phrase they use uh, um, efforts 
yeah, you know, that, and that kind of thing. It's all about it's all about the physical and the, and the things that you can pretty much you know train a monkey to do. But the things that are it require inspiration, he doesn't tend to focus on, and that, that just makes me a little bit grumpy about him, really. Do you think, do you very NRL ish talking, very much, yeah, yeah, yeah. middles and edges and all this type of stuff. That's Cunningham, yeah, talk. yeah, yeah. Cunningham talk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you think? Yeah. Do you think it's? Do you, I mean, this. Do you think he's changed? Ever, ever so slightly from when he first came in. Do you think the? Are... I think he has. Yeah, I do. To be fair, I think he has. Yeah, I think the key, the key, the key to that it is Dodd, uh, because last year when we had Theo Farge, who for me is more of a, he, he's less of a, a runner. He's more of a, you know, a, a passer and a kicker type halfback. Yeah, of course. Uh, he's got a good kicking game, uh, but I don't think he's got quite got Lewis's kind of eye for a gap and, and pace off the mark yeah. uh, to get through that gap. So I think we all we were all worried when Lewis came into the team last year that w- it was Wolf was the problem, and he would have he would have Lewis Dodd playing more like Theo Farge and just putting up bombs mm. and you know and, and shuttling it on sideways when he got it and not really trying to attack the line. But that hasn't been the case. Dodd has actually made us a, a lot more watchable um, in the time that he's been in the team. But unfortunately, as we know, he's he's injured now, so we're, we're struggling a bit in the half because we've let Theo go um, to Huddersfield. We, we've had to sort of mix and match, yeah. and having Hopoarty injured as well uh, has not helped because we've not we have to move Wellsby from fullback having lost Lachlan Coote so we've been trying a few combinations there and there have been times when it hasn't quite worked out and we've got away with it on a few occasions certainly I think we played Salford at home and Morgan Knowles came up with that ridiculous tackle at the end which saved the game I think uh, Salford deserved to win that game so we has been a few times where we could have been caught out and uh, so I think that the main problem we've got at the minute is, is that uh, that halfback department that's, that's lacking a bit of consistency I think yeah, um, I mean, and it, and it looks like it's going to be. It looks like, I mean, assuming Hopoati comes back in, which it doesn't look a lot of guarantee at the minute because he can't really no. bring any games together at the minute, can he? Made mm. biscuits. No. Yeah, he's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's. I don't. Think it's a shame because he's looked really good when he's come in. I don't mm. think he'd ask look- in your team, Callum. He's, he's, he's <laughs> always injured. Yeah, but well, I think when he moved into fullback, um, the the. the Couple of bits that I saw, he looked like he was, you know, he was starting to click a little bit and uh, you know join in. So I, th- I think that could have gone well. And obviously, if a can string games together, that's I think what looks like uh, will happen. And yeah. I think it could work well as well. Yeah, I think it gives a better, a better balance. That's all. Yeah, if you have a bit of fullback, he's reliable. If he, he'd be playing well when he has played. Yeah, just as you say, he's not he's not played enough. Yeah. and when he is there. It allows us to have Wellsby and Lomax in the halves, and they're very very good combination together. Yeah, and he could sort of. Just, Join a line and, and be that kind of extra pivot that Lachlan Coote used to be. I mean, he's not got the skills of Lachlan Coote, but he can do the job. Mm. Uh, I think that gives us a better balance. Yeah, yeah I mean, John Benison did really well on, on Thursday, I mm. thought. Uh, but there was areas of the game where you thought that just shows a little bit of um, inexper- lack of experience, lack yeah. of game time. Yeah, kind of yeah. And I think Opawa obviously has got that in abundance, really. So mm. I think sort of balances out there, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I mean, Benison's a lot of Benison's rugby has been played on the wing yeah. early in the season. And so now he's had, he's had to do that. Leonard plays fullback, or he has played for a lot of fullback for the uh, for the reserve team, and the academy team. So he, he has he has played that, but playing in a Super League is a different different um, you know proposition altogether. So uh, I think he'll he's done all right, like you say. But it's the size as well with the with Benes. He looks a little bit undersized for Super League at the moment. But if he fills out a bit, mm-hmm. uh, I think he could be certainly be uh, one to watch. Definitely. So probably a, a big question on a lot of St. Helens fans' minds at the minute, Steve, and that is, will Christian Wolf stay or is the temptation of the NRL calling him back? Uh, what's your thoughts on that? And, and do you even want him to stay? Well, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because I, I think I, I probably do now because I think, as I said before, 
the style is improving and it has improved, I think, since Lewis Dodd uh, emerged. So I don't think Wolf, despite what his interviews might project, is that much of a, you know, up the jumper sort of coach. I think he does like to let his players express themselves a bit, a bit more than he did last year anyway. Um, but at the start of the season this year, I would have said it's probably likely that he will go um, because uh, two years is about average in it for, for an NRL, an Australian coach coming over here with, with NRL aspirations, come to a club like St. Helens and, you know, and, and do well, win, win a couple of trophies and, and enhance your reputation in the way that Justin Holbrook did. I mean, he turned us around. We were struggling there when he arrived under, under Kieran Cunningham and he turned the club around and, and created the culture that, uh, or restored the culture that we had uh, in years gone by and, and, and made us into a success. Uh, and Wolves carried that on and, and to be fair to him, has probably improved the team in, in terms of how difficult they are to beat. I mean, they're this very, they're very, even when they play poorly in attack, they're very good defensively. And teams don't score a lot of points against them. So yeah, he has, we've all got a chance of winning games because made them so good defensively. But now I'm starting to think, cause, because there's a few players um, who've signed extensions to contracts and things, if, uh, Dodd being one, uh, Metaltia, Comrade Hurrell, uh, I, I think Ben Davis just signed a two-year deal yesterday as well. Uh, so there's a few kind of um, bits of retention going on. Uh, and I have to think that surely Christian Wolf's had some sort of say in that, and that makes me think: Is he looking to, you know, spend that third year mm. with us again uh, yeah. and, and and take it forward? Uh, I suppose the the offer, the one that's uh, doing the rounds, the rumor about the NRL is that he'll take over as an assistant at the the new Dolphins mm. franchise. That I think is supposed to join next year uh, under Wayne Bennett. But I just I know it's the NRL and it's a higher standard of of rugby league. We all I think we all appreciate that, but. Do I, do I think he should be at this stage of his career wanting to be an assistant now mm. when he's he's been a head coach at international level and he's a head coach he's two time Super League Grand Final winner a Challenge Cup winner I think he should be looking to lead his own show yeah, um, now so if I was him I'd be waiting for a head coach's yeah. job yeah. in the NRL which will probably come along sooner or later yeah. uh, rather than rather than playing second fiddle to, to Wayne Bennett yeah it's almost like another stepping stone isn't it going to be an assistant yeah. at the Dolphins yeah. and it's like well is this this was your stepping stone to go and do the NRL, yeah, yeah. so what's the point in having two stepping stones? Yeah. You might as well wait it out. Or Yeah, it just seems a bit odd to me. Yeah, because yeah, I think Holbrook was, was an assistant in the NRL before he came to St. Helens, and then when he came to St. Helens and was successful, he then got a head coaching job in the NRL, so I think that's the, the normal route. Yeah, Although, yeah. To, be, to be honest, it's not going that well, is it, for Justin at Gold Coast no, at the moment? But no, uh, It might end up with a swap again, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that, I wouldn't mind that at all, because I think Justin did a fantastic job uh, at St. So, yeah, it'd be, it'd be welcome for me. If, yeah. if Christian Wolf did decide to leave, well, um, just picking up on that, just uh, just out of curiosity, if Wolf is to leave at the end of the season, he he does go back to Australia. Who would you like to come in? Who would you like to see take the reins at St Helens? Well, a lot of people are banging the drum for well, there's two. Paul Wellens being one, he's the current assistant, obviously, and and a legendary player. I have reservations about this, uh, not because I think necessarily. The same thing will happen to him uh, as happened with Kieran Cunningham, the last playing legend we, we gave the coaching job to. Because yeah. uh, obviously he's a different person with different philosophies and, and it may well turn out completely differently. Uh, but should it not work out, I would hate to see the same thing happen to him that has happened to Kieran Cunningham because his uh, legacy with the club uh, has suffered, I think, since he, since he was yeah. uh, the coach and, and, and had a bit of a, a tough time as the coach and then eventually was of his duties. I think people now kind of don't see him in a favourable light when, when in mm. fact he, he's probably in my time watching, he's, my, he's the best player I've seen playing for Saints. Yeah. He's absolutely amazing. Mm. 
we had this ongoing Roby versus Cunningham debate, but for me, uh, I think it's only a debate now because Cunningham is seen in a in a lesser light because of his coaching stint. I think Cunningham was was a cut above. Um, I think it's a bit of a bit of recency bias that that leads people to go plump more for James Roby. People are. You know, he's, he's more fresh in the memory. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's absolutely outstanding. We've been so lucky to have two legendary all-time great hookers, yeah. you know, come through basically play at one stage and then, you know, one following the other sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but for me, Cunningham just edges it. So I'd hate to see Wellens come in and, and fail uh, and then get treated like he'd never been, you know, the great player he was. He, his legacy deserves to be, you know, yeah. protected a little bit more than that. So that's one reservation. The other person who is mentioned a lot is Ian Watson at Huddersfield. Now, I don't know how keen he would be anywhere to swap Huddersfield for, for St. Helens because he'd be probably thinking we, he can build a team that can challenge us and why would he want to make a what he might see as a sideways move? I think he's, his eyes are on the NRL. My reservations about Watson would be that he is, the way he talks about the game, and I think the way Huddersfield played the game mm. is very conservative and I, it's not something that I, I personally like to watch. I mean, if, if you win doing that, as Christian Wolf has, then you know you get away with it. But if you lose doing that, as Kieran Cunningham ended up doing, then you know you become public enemy number one. So yeah. it's it's a very difficult. It's a it's a risky strategy to to be coach saints and be and be uber conservative in, in that sense. Um, and I think Osfield. I mean, I mean, the prime example of their conservatism was the cup final when they, I I was appalled by the way they played that game. They were two points up, mm. and every time they got in Wigan's half, they they didn't. Uh, Kicked the ball on the sixth tackle. They just laid down and, and handed it over wherever they were. Yeah. And I said, go on, go on beat us, then go and score a try. And Wigan, obviously, given that invitation, they will. And they did. Yeah. Uh, and so I thought that the, the, the tactics more than the fact that I know Tui Lower here got a lot of stick for missing those goals. And if he does kick one up, one or two more, they do win the game. But I think the tactics let them down. So I have reservations about Watson coming to Saints on, on the basis of his tactics, really. Yeah. Okay. Did uh, Last couple of questions for you. Do you think... Yeah. Um, uh, his top his top spot nailed down now. Do you think for Saints? Well, interestingly, it's, I don't think it is now. But the next three weeks, we've got Catalan this weekend. Then we play Wigan at Magic the week after, and then we play Uddersfield at home right. the week after that. So we've got the other top four sides. Uh, but you know, sort of back to back in the next three weeks. If we win the beat them all, then I think it's done. It's done and dusted. Yeah, yes. I think that, that would uh, that would steal it, yes. and then that might give Wolf, Wolf the opportunity to. Do what he normally does at back end of the season and best a few players yeah. uh, without it costing us the league. Because another of my bugbears against Wolf is he's never won the league league to shield because he doesn't seem to want to. Whenever he gets in the position to win it, he'll throw a, a, an academy team and a reserve team in and we'll lose it. We lost it twice yeah. uh, because we've lost we've lost at Salford yeah. in both years. I think he's been here by throwing a, a youthful side in there. He did, did it early in the season at Castleford, as we spoke about earlier about losing it at Castleford. Uh, and I think I think that. Um, if he did that later in the season, if we did win these games coming up, it wouldn't cost us so much because we're so far ahead. If we don't get uh, these wins against these next in these next three weeks, then I, w- I would say no, it's all on. I think it's all wide open because I don't think Wolf is that motivated by it. I think his his eyes are on just to winning another grand final and being and you know win that fourth one. Right. That would put him in the uncharted territory, really, in terms of Super League coaches. So I think that's going to be his priority. Yeah. But if he can get it boxed off in the next three weeks. Uh, you know, I think I think that would be ideal, and, and that's why we've said Callum, isn't it? About they should be more on the league. Oh yeah, the shield. You know, they should be. They should be. More I mean, the league leader still shouldn't be known as the hub cap, should it? No, like, exactly. It's not, it's like, a, you're the best. Should, you're yeah. the best team in the league over 28 games or whatever. Yeah, which is absolutely. everything really. Of course it is. So yeah, yeah, it is in every other sport. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, if we say it's D, if we said the top four, let, let's let's assume, shall we, for now that the top four is is, is sorted in whichever order. 
uh, in Saints, uh, Wigan, Catalans and Huddersfield. Who who gets the fifth and sixth spots? Who gets the let's extend our season by a week spots? <laughs> well, it's a really it's quite an open race, isn't it? I mean, I know Sky have been plugging the idea that there are seven teams involved uh, between fifth and sort of eleventh. Uh, I'm not sure I buy that quite. I don't see uh, you know Wakefield making a late run, given that they were managed to ship seventy points against uh, Salford. The other day, I think they're they're probably not in contention, but I mean there are four or five that you could say were realistic. I mean Hull are struggling at the moment. They've lost all pretty much all their creative players. If you think of Jake Connor's gone down with a bad injury, so has uh, Tuma Vavi. Uh, Reynolds they've let go um, for for whatever reason, but it wasn't working out. So they they cut the losses a bit early. And Luke Gale uh, got a head injury in the game uh, that awful game against Warrington on, on Friday night probably the worst game I think anyone's ever seen for, for many a year that was our review of it earlier on yeah, <laughs> well, I don't words, think you can yeah. see any other way can you it was pretty terrible yeah. Yeah. so yeah the whole worry me because they've got no halfback options at the moment I think they might uh, slip down a little bit Hulk KR I know they got beat well beaten uh, by Huddersfield the there but I think they can move on from that I think they were just gassed because they lost the, those two players so early on and any team playing with 15 players in, in modern game is going to struggle, um, you know, to compete. So I think they could just put that behind them and go again. I think with Tony Smith leaving the club, that maybe will spur them on to, to get back. I think they're, but they're, I probably would pick, pick them to get in. Uh, Castleford, uh, I wasn't, I didn't fancy Castleford much, but then that result against Catal, against Catalan last, last, uh, on Sunday has really made me think twice about Cal, uh, Castleford. I think they had him with a shout, but I still would lean probably towards, uh, Hull KR and then, Possibly, yeah. I think I'd go with Castleford probably. Okay, okay, and Castleford. Yep. Yeah, I, could, I, could, I think Hull will slip out of it. Yeah, I don't think enough. Salford or Warrington or, or Leeds have got the, anywhere near the consistency required to yeah. to kind of get themselves. They keep talking about it. Well, if we're getting better, we'll get in there. But they can run out of games, aren't they? So they, keep, yeah. they just keep losing. So yeah. I think between those three, realistically. Okay, fair enough. And then final questions before we let you go. Um, mm-hmm. I want to. Uh, we just want a quick prediction off you for the top and the bottom. So, are Saints going to win four in a row? And who's going to uh, unfortunately take the uh, relegation spot? And if Saints are going to win four in a row, who is it going to be against? Right. Well, it's it, it's very difficult in a competition that rewards the winner of one game on one normally October evening of this year. September evening to say that they're going to actually you know be at the best on that night and yeah. win it. But Saints are, I think, still the, the, the team to beat the best team. So, and also being a Saints fan, I find it very hard to back against them. So I'd say yes, they, they for me they will win uh, that fourth one. Uh, and I think, well, I can't. I don't think we'll come again. I think that's a blip against against Castleford. So I wouldn't write them off. But if I was going to pick one out the other three, uh, I'd have to go for Wigan. I think they I've got more about them in attack. Uh, this year than than the other two perhaps, and that, which is an amazing transformation because last year they scored the fewest points in, in Super League under, under Adrian Lamb, mm. uh, and then injection of uh, well, Jai Fields made a huge difference to them, and the, yeah. and one or two other players, uh, and they look like the, the team that can you know sort of put up. They're, they're always really good defensively as well, Megan. Even when they struggled last year, they were still good yeah. defensively. So I think I think if, if push me on a, a prediction, it, it would be Saints Wigan Grand Final again. Uh, but I mean, I certainly wouldn't be surprised to see either Catalan. Or just I think it'd be uh, one of those two of those four. I don't see the other two, uh, whoever they might be, yeah, you know, pushing in there. Although Hulkay came close last year, so yeah. you never know. But I think those top four, uh, I will, I will have it between them, and I think Wigan might just push through. And if it did, and if it did work out that way, that'd be sweet for you, wouldn't it, Steve? That'd be. 
Well, it would because um, we've played Wigan in four grand finals and we've won three of them. So, we, I, yeah, I'd take Saints to beat. Take that. <laughs> and, the, and the last time we played them, we ended in it was an absolutely diabolical game, but I ended in uh, outrageous, memorable circumstances. So yeah. it's, it's fondly remembered on this side of the hill, anyway. <laughs> I'm not sure about over there, but <laughs> yeah, I hope it's, if it is that uh, a repeat of that, I hope it's a more open spectacle because that was a real what they call what the. Uh, modern-day commentators call a grind, wasn't it? It was Absolutely. just like, yeah. set the set up the jumper and then don't make a mistake, terrified yeah. to lose. It's Christian it was quite a sad call a grind, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Oh, he probably enjoyed it. Yeah, he probably yeah. loved it. But it was, <laughs> it was just, I thought it was a very dull affair until that last, literally that last 20 seconds with that drop goal at the fourth and, and yeah. Jack Wellsby came from nowhere and, and scored that try. It was outrageous. Yeah. And who's who's going down? Who's Who we're not going to see in Super League this season? Assuming they don't change the rules and go 14 yeah. teams or whatever. But if it was if it was a straight one down, who's who are we missing next year? Well, I was just going to say, uh, don't rule out a late uh, intervention from our law uh, rule makers in this game. It wouldn't be the first time uh, no. that our, the people who run this game have like changed the rules. Yeah. Uh, changed the rules, you know, uh, partway through a season or towards the end of a season. Because uh, there are a lot of people who would actually vote for that. They want to see Toulouse stay in because they are uh, obviously, not a traditional uh, English M62 rugby league area, yeah. uh, and, it, and they are seen to be expanding the game, which which it's fair enough. But I like to see you know uh, things won and lost on the field personally, and I think if they it, let's say they don't change the rules, I think Toulouse are probably a little bit too far behind now. From what I've seen of Toulouse, to see them they've got a six point gap now behind Wakefield, although Wakefield are playing abysmally, but. Um, that six-point gap, it's three wins. You see Toulouse winning three games. I think they play each other at Magic, uh, Toulouse and Wakefield, if yeah, I'm right. Yeah. Uh, so if Toulouse can win that one, they get within four, maybe. Yeah. Uh, assuming both teams either lose or they get the same result this weekend. Yeah. Um, assuming they both lose it, most likely, I suppose. Yeah, it's going uh, to be key, yeah. If Wakefield, if Toulouse can win that game, they give themselves a sniff, four points behind. But uh, certainly, I think, if they're still level going into that game and then Wakefield win that game, I think it's done and dusted. Brilliant. Steve, it's been absolutely fantastic. Thank you for coming on so much. It, you, Thank you passion, very much. Your passion shines through. The love of Saints and uh, just as importantly, uh, the love of rugby league shines through, doesn't it, Callum? Absolutely, yeah. Bobby. Thanks. So, yeah. Thank yeah. you fantastic. for joining us, Steve. It was excellent. So, yeah. So, uh, we'll look forward to getting you on soon. And obviously, being the uh, being our Saints correspondent, um, it's going to be sooner rather than later, isn't it? So, <laughs> I, I let's hope so. Yeah, I look forward to it. Yeah. yeah, we'll look forward to it. So, listen, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, we'll, speak you to, we'll speak to you again soon. We'll do. Okay, take it okay, easy, guys. Mate. And you, Thank mate. you, mate. Thanks you very Bye. much. Thanks, thanks a lot. Bye. And once again, thanks to to Steve for that. It was excellent. That one, it really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, you can tell he's got a lot of passion for not only St. Helens but but rugby league, and that really excelled through there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right, let's um, jump into the. Last segment of the pod then, just to, to wrap us up with, and as always, it is this. Loose Forward Podcast Prediction League with Six Again. That's right, is the Predictions League uh, to finish off with, and as always, we are joined Bye, Brian from Six Again. Brian, how are you this week? Hello, boys. How are we? Very well. Yeah, Brian. Not, not too bad, thanks. Callum, nice to hear from you. Bobby, nice to hear from you. Andrew Castle, good to have you back. <laughs> Brilliant. 
Brilliant. That way, my joke, that was Sam's before anyone gives me any stick. <laughs> it won't be from me or Bobby, anyway. <laughs> no. Andrew Castle. Yeah. It was Sam's joke, lucky, not mine. Lucky Wimbledon loser that now's on GMTV or something, isn't he? I, I was <laughs> going to just hand pick someone who'd lost yesterday or today and call you them, but no, she came up with Andrew Castle last week. So, um, yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, I believe you've got something on this week, Bri, have you? Yeah. Some little one's uh, birthday this week. Excellent. Uh, t- tomorrow, so yeah. He's a... Uh, how old is he? he? He's six. He's asked for a. Uh, he's asked for. He's asked for the magic weekend shirt with his name and six on the back. And you wouldn't guess who he would want to be because he wants a scrum cap as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that means he's going to be Luke Thompson. Yeah, the old Farge. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he is from now, dude. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. it's looking. Uh, yeah, it's looking like a Johnny Lomax. It is indeed. Yeah. So, well, listen. Happy birthday, Freddie! Happy birthday to you, Freddie! Happy birthday, Freddie! And make sure you have a good day, and make sure your dad does everything that you want. Yeah, legally, your dad can't say no on your birthday. On your birthday. Yeah, so, so he has to do everything if for you. If he tries to, then you just say, I'm going to ring the police. Or the loose forward pod. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, it's not something I'm worried about. It's the weekend when he wants me to go to the field and play rugby and he steamrolls over the top of me and knocks me out again. <laughs> so, yeah. We've all been there. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, God. All right. Right. Shall we get on with the predictions? Yes. Uh, let's. Uh, Bright, who have we got on this week? And can you give us um, a roundup of the table? Right, so quick update on last week first. We had one very good week, one nearly good week, um, and a few poor weeks. Um, we had two spot-ons, one from Lot 17A for Yorkshire and one from Andrew Castle. It took me a second. I was like, what? <laughs> and it was both the same game. They both predicted Warrington by four. Yeah. Whoever predicted that. I mean, I said to Callum, I, I also said to Callum, there'd be no tries. I should get extra point for it. Didn't I, did I say that before the game or something? I might have nodded off at that point. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> but we've had a couple of movers and shakers. Okay. Um, top, uh, still the insiders, um, 301. Andy, now thanks to your uh, spot on, uh, gone back to second again yes. with 269. Callum, back to third with 266. Myself, I'm in fourth with 260. The stats team are in fifth with 225. <laughs> oh. Yorkshire are now not bottom. Yorkshire are not bottom. Lot 17A got the most points of the week and they are now on 213 and 6 and Lancashire at bottom with 211. Oh, well done, Lottie. Mm. Yeah. Already. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I've seen him on Twitter cards of Lottie. Okay. There you go. Fair enough. But yeah, brilliant. Well done. Um, Lancashire, what's going on? That is a fall, isn't it? That's a fall, isn't it? Mm. They're going, mind you, mind you, the stats team go any lower. I was going to say, we're only 12 points clear now. That's not good. Yeah. Bobby, let's be fair. You don't, I, I looked at your result, what you predicted last week for fun. You've only got three more points than what 
what Roy did. Show. That's still three more points than we needed. Roy's a bit Sweet, in feathers, isn't he? Yeah. Roy's dropped him. You've had too many weeks. Yeah. This is this is unbelievable. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? Roy, Roy, Roy. Roy put all by 22 and he's treated like a hero. Hang on. Excuse me, stats man. Surely you would have pulled up the average points by now. Yeah. For yeah, both yeah. of you. Well, maybe if you t- <laughs> I mean, maybe you should work it out for me, Bri. Work out how many You're the stats man. <laughs> Uh, right, who've we got on this week, Brian? <laughs> uh, boys, we've got yourself, Callum and Andy. Uh, stats again, Bobby's dropped. So, he's back in. Um, for Yorkshire, we've got down at Bellevue. Um, for Lancashire, we've got our Wigan fan, Johnny Ashy. And for the Insiders, we have a three-time Challenge Cup winner. The current Challenge Cup, man of the, for Challenge Cup final man of the match. And England captain, of the wheelchair team, Tom Halliwell. Yes, yeah, uh, fantastic. Yeah, Challenge Cup victory again. Yes. Uh, well done to Tom. Yeah, uh, welcome to the Predictions League. I think he did one, no, that... I think he did one earlier in the season, I think, if I'm... No, Tom hasn't no, done was, one. No, you and, you De- and Clibbins and, and Declan Roberts were bad. Yeah, that's right. So welcome to Tom. Yeah. Well, Tom's getting all the niceties at the moment, but he's, as he said, he's predicted the underdogs. So we might actually have a week to catch up here, boys. Ooh. Well, let's see. Let's go then. Are we ready? Yeah. yeah. Castle and Field, 8 o'clock Friday. Sky Sports. Um... Uh, I, I, it was a bit. It's a bit trickier after this week. So that, uh, Castleford, you know, they'll, they'll take a lot of, a lot of confidence going into that game after beating uh, Catalan. But Uddersfield, um, as we said earlier on, just keep ticking over, don't they? So I'm going to say Uddersfield by 18. As always, I'll just <clears throat> give my opinion and play for a bit of fun since Roy's doing our official ones this week. Um, but I. I'm going to stand by what I always say in that that top four is just a little bit too strong for anyone at the moment. So based on that, uh, I will go Huddersfield by 14. And I'll go Huddersfield 16. We don't have a clean sweep. Mm. Stats team. Cast Tiger stats. Castleford by six. Down at Bellevue. Yorkshire, Yorkshire. Wakefield fan. Huddersfield by 30. <laughs> I love that. He's brilliant. Love and his that. predictions are brilliant. He's anti-Castle for that. His predictions are brilliant. Hang on. He's got even more belters coming up. Right. Uh, Johnny Ashley for Lancashire Wigan fan. Huddersfield by eight. Tom Halliwell for the Insiders. Huddersfield by 16. And myself, Huddersfield by 10. Okie dokie. Next, Saturday. Probably the hardest game of the week to predict. All three leads. Is that a Channel 4 game, that? No, there's no Channel 4 games this week. Right, just on Saturday. It's just Saturday, 3 o'clock. Okay. I mean, this is uh, this is really tough. Hull picking up injury, even more injuries on last week uh, to Luke Gale and Adam Swift. The, their attack is is falling miserably at the minute and, and leads with with three bands as well coming out of that St. Helens game. It, it's so hard to predict, but... 
Do you know what? I saw something and it said that if, if Leeds didn't challenge St. Ellen's with the team they had last week, they should give up. And I, I'm going to reinstate that this week and say that if Leeds do not beat this whole FC squad, they don't look like winning another game to me. I'm going to go Leeds by eight. Um, originally, I had Hull down, but then I remembered that they've got no halfbacks. It's just, this really is a toss of a coin, I think. I just, I don't know what to say, really. But I'm going to say Leeds by four. Yeah, I'm going for the uh, the Tin Men. The Wizard of Oz. They were under no heart, weren't they, the Tin Man? Yeah. Go on. Yeah, well, that's Leeds. Uh, <laughs> but they're going Leeds. I'm going Leeds by six. Okay. We don't have a clean sweep. Stats team. Cast out the stats. Full FC by 14. Okay. Johnny Ashy, Lancashire, Wigan fan, leads by four. Tom Halliwell, Insiders, leads fan, leads by two. <laughs> myself, I've got. <laughs> myself, I've got leads by eight. Down above you, Yorkshire, leads by one. <laughs> that could well happen. That could happen. That could, it could be one now, in this yeah. game. <laughs> now I asked him. In all honesty, is that leads by one of Luke Gale own, own drop goal on crutches? <laughs> he replied, I don't know if it's possible, but if I could pick both teams to lose, I would. <laughs> That's probably the most sensible prediction we've ever had. <laughs> yeah, take note, Jordan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's how you do a one, Jordan. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, with style. Yeah. Next game, Catalan for St. Helens. Five o'clock kickoff UK time, Saturday, Sky Sports. Again, another tough one. Mm. Another tough one to predict. Um, I think I think Saints will go all out to try and wrap the league up over the next three games. Mm. Uh, I think this is the, the first of the real tests. Um, so I'm going to back Saints on, on that one by 10. Just change that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I um, agree with everything that you've said, and I also think that this, at the minute, with the in- couple of injuries and stuff that Catalan have got, probably the easiest of the them three uh, that we mentioned before in Catalan, uh, Wigan, and Huddersfield. So I think I just feel like they haven't got the best track record in France. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Mm. And it is a difficult place to go for anybody, but I think on the basis of them trying to wrap that top spot up now, uh, I'm going to say Saints by eight. Okay. Yeah, everything you've you've said, I agree with. Um, I also put Saints by eight. Okay. Well, we have a mixed flag. Oh yeah, you're not. Yeah, right, yeah, right, 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 yeah, fair enough. Callum just slammed his pen down there because Bobby had got the well, same I changed score. from ten because you said ten, and then he goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. slammed his pen down in disgust, didn't you?" Yeah, sorry, Brian. Go on. It's all right, Carl. I understand. Could be worse. I've gone Saints by ten. Oh no! <laughs> so. Um, the stats team, Castagas stats have gone cast, uh, Saints by 16. And then we have down at Bellevue for Yorkshire, Catalan by 8. Johnny Ashley for Lancashire, Wigan fan, Catalan by 2. And that was after me asking them what it was because he forgot it. Right. <laughs> and then we've got Tom Halliwell inside us, Catalan by 1. Wow. Oh. Again, no. It, 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 
I could could see possibly it. Possibly see that happening, but yeah, Mitchell Pearce. Mm. Mm. Yeah, or Tompkins. Or Tompkins. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. See, I've gone by ten because they've now lost Mick McMeekin and Tom Davis, haven't they, for injury? Right. Yeah, I'd say they picked up they picked up quite a few recently, haven't they? Okay. Uh, right, Bry. What is our next game? To lose the whole KR eight o'clock UK time Saturday. Um, to lose. The the sort of a different team at home, aren't they? They tend to do a little bit better, but I think. Um, I mean, Ulkar again have picked up a couple of nights and they lose Ryan Hall and mm. um, was it Frankie Halton or was it somebody else? I can't remember. They lost another one, didn't they? Um, but I think they should have enough to to go over there and win. So I'm going to say Ulkar by 16. I have gone the opposite way. I think Toulouse are much stronger at home, and I think a couple of key injuries for for Hulk IR might just see them slip up here. I've gone for Toulouse by four. And I've gone pretty much the same as what Callum said, so I'll go Hulk IR 12. We've got a mixed bag. Stats team, cast target stats. Hulk IR by six. Mm. Down at Bellevue for Yorkshire. Toulouse by four. Johnny Ashley for Lancashire. Hull KR by 12. Tom Halliwell for the Insiders. To lose by 10. And myself, to lose by 12. Mm. Yeah, I I mean, I can see him doing it. Um, I think it's just an easy easy prediction, isn't it, to say Hull KR? But anyway, anyway. uh, Just a quick note on the Toulouse game. Any Hull KR fans who are going over, and if they don't know already... Um, they're opening the gates a bit earlier for their temper, and so everyone can watch Catalan Free Saints. Oh, nice That's one. Brilliant. That'd be good. That'd be a great day, wouldn't it? Yeah. Excellent. Uh, right. Uh, next game then, Bray. Wakefield Free Wigan, three o'clock on Sunday. Uh, as we spoke about before, uh, Wakefield have done traditionally quite well at home to, to Wigan, but... And I know they'll look to to bounce back after that that heavy defeat of of seventy four ten to Salford, but again, I just I just got to back up what I say that this top four is just untouchable at the minute, and I think Wigan are too strong, and I just can't see any sort of upset or anything happening. So I've gone Wigan by sixteen. Yep, Wigan twenty two. Yeah, Wakefield are in free fall at the minute, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, so Wigan. 28. Clean sweep, boys. We've got Down above Bellevue, Fiocha, Wigan by 36. Oh, dear. That's his own team. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, no. We've got Johnny Ashley, Wigan fan. Not as confident. Wigan by 16. Oh, we actually haven't got a clean sweep. I'll just see. Sorry. Tom Halliwell, Wakefield by 6. Oh, God. Myself, Wigan by 20. And the stats team cast tag stats. We can buy 22, but said it could be 100. <laughs> it could be 100. Oh, God. Uh, that should leave That's one. one game, shouldn't it? Yeah. Warrington v Salford, 3 o'clock Sunday. Good luck, boys. Oh, this is a toughie again, isn't it? Is it, though? Like, it is, but... Should it, it be? But is it? In your head, it's like, oh, there's... 
And I think it's just purely that the fact that we keep thinking Warrington will bounce back, Warrington will bounce back, and they're just not doing. No. And Salford had run 70 points in last week. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to, I think it will be tough. I think they will have to, they are trying to scramble some points together, but I think Salford, I think Salford, We'll have too much. And I'm, go- I'm going Salford 6. I think it'll be close, but I'm going Salford 6. Yeah, I think it'll... And I'm only going close because of what you've just said, that you think that Warrington... Oof, it's Warrington. Surely they've got to do it yeah. this week. Surely they've got to do it and this And in reality, week. it could be Salford by 28. Yeah. I I think Salford will win. I think it'll be tight. Not quite as tight as that, but um, I'm going to say Salford by 14. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think um, Salford will also get the win. I think there's a couple of key injuries and... In- some of the decisions I've seen from from Dal Powell this week, uh, he's sold Charnley. Uh, he's swapped Toby King for Jake Wardle, which again not a bad decision, but I just don't think Wardle have time to settle in. And I've also read that Joe Philbin and George Williams are also set for scans. So I think Warrington will struggle a bit more this week, and I've gone Salford by ten. Carl, I'm just on that. Who's got the better deal, Huddersfield or Warrington? Warrington. I think uh, Wardle. Wardle's been excellent this year, and I think he's he was really Toby King's a great player. Don't get me wrong, but I think at the minute he Wardle's better mm. at the minute. Okay, I've uh, got two points from what you've been saying there, boys. One, Toby King hasn't been as good since he's done his interview with Jenna Brooks last year, but he is <laughs> a great player. And two, Bobby, is that the George Williams who plays for Warrington or the George Williams who plays for England? Uh, yeah. yeah, very true, yeah. We don't have a Queen Street boys. We have cast out the stats. Waddington by 12. Down at Bellevue, the Yorkshire, Sulphur by 10. Tom Halliwell for the Insiders, Sulphur by 8. Myself, Sulphur by 4. And Johnny Ashey for Lancashire has gone Sulphur by 1. Some, mm. some close pick. And he's actually given us a score. Oh, was he? Yeah, do you think you can guess the score? 1-0. You laugh. 2-1 Salford. 2-1 Salford. 2-1. Brilliant. Oh, God. Uh, Right, well, I think that just about uh, wraps us up. I know we've gone on uh, probably slightly longer than we usually do, but if you've stayed with us all this time, thank you very much for staying with us and thank you for listening thank you to once again to Steve Alford for coming on and, and talking about uh, all things St. Helens and obviously thank you to to Brian for doing all the predictions leagues and working everything out um, if you are going watching uh, any rugby league this week then stay safe and enjoy but from all of us here at the Loose Forward Podcast it's goodbye goodbye bye, bye. bye.